Welcome to 40 Trillion DPI. I'm Helen Nick. And I'm Justin Carter. We're two designers and weirdos and friends, and every other week we get together to talk about design. Sometimes this is design as a discipline. Think logos, platforms, color, typography. Other times this is just regular news or things happening in the world that we look at through the lens of design. This week we are joined by our very first guest, Helen Shewolf Sang. Helen is an artist, designer, and witch. Her art practice centers inquiry, obsession, and non-linear experience, often in conversation with the ancestral, diasporic, ecological, interspecies, speculative, and cosmic. Helen was a 2018-2019 YBCA Fellow and a 2019 Designer in Residence at Headland Center for the Arts. She has also held design residencies at the Oxford Internet Institute and Fordham University's Urban Law Center. From 2014 to 2020, she co-hosted Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.FM. Her first book, The Astrological Grimoire, was published by Chronicle Books in 2019. You can find her work at helensang.com. That's Helen, T-S-E-N-G.com. <laughs> Let's get into it! <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's great. Welcome, Helen! Hi! Hooray! Thanks for having me. Yay! Um... <laughs> We already kind of chatted a little bit, but like, Helen, yeah, how are you doing? What's going on in your world right now? <laughs> um, bad. I, I was just telling the two of you off air that I've been climbing out of a, out of a hex or a curse. So just sort Whoa. of... That's That's why, is it like, I mean, with like a, is it an ancient hex or like, is it a recent like hex? Like a contemporary future hex? Yeah, it's unclear. Uh, I was, this is not the news that I'm going to bring, but I was reading that there are like a series of um, like possible curses that have been going on around the world. <gasps> my my uh, witch what? radio co-host... <laughs> So I, I don't do the radio show anymore, but I did the show for six years. And uh, But my co-host and I still have this occasional habit of sending each other articles that uh, we would have talked about on the show. Um, it was a similar format to what you two do, where we would yeah. bring bring articles, but it was, it was sort of like in the, in the realm of the occult and supernatural and and witchy and and that's very broad <laughs> so kind of a lot of things um fall in that category but there was a there was a rock in japan that split open and it was no um, yes i heard yeah. about this yes go what? on sorry <laughs> yeah and it was a rock that had been kind of designated and and kind of fenced off and labeled as containing uh an evil spirit possibly a nine-tailed fox and it split open, um, and so they were like, oh, it's escaped. And then there was another thing where um, in the, Wait, on the didn't, East Coast... Didn't, <laughs> didn't the Nine-Tailed Fox, wasn't it like, didn't it possess someone? Like, the, the story is that it, like, possessed some powerful person in the past, and they, like, trapped mm -hmm. it in the... They trapped it in the, in the rock. rock. Yeah, and, and it was, I think, volcanic rock. So it could have been heat or you know, some kind of, like, erosion over time. But the fact that that specific rock split open. Yeah. That seems really cursy hexy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was... Yeah. It, I, a bunch of people sent me this because I did, I did an art project 
uh, for gray area a few months ago and it involved a nine-tailed fox which was not evil in my context. It was just a general kind of like calming visualization. I made this sort of sensory um, installation that had like smell and sound and this this mm. fox that was like calibrated to breath. And a bunch of people sent me that and afterward and I was like, oh no, did I, <laughs> did I release something? And then wait, like, do you a few think days... that, do you think that, wait do you think that the fox that came out of the rock is like looking for your fox? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. And like the 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 funny thing about this fox is like um, you know, you can you can glean a lot about how culture changes over time by by looking at the stories around uh, fox spirits in East Asia. Like it started, one of the first stories is this, um, I think, lover of a king in China who um, was said to have distracted the king so much with her, her beauty and her lust and her ways that like the kingdom fell. Uh, like oh, following. That's the, yeah, so it's like obviously a lot of deep old misogyny um like oh it wasn't the king's fault at all it was this woman who was possessed by an evil fox spirit and there are all these stories invented about her and all these like tortures that she would um she like she had all these like i don't know if this is like truth or just like the lore about her like these all these really intense uh torture um instruments that she had invented and um, and then what? the thing was like foot binding. It was like foot binding was like, oh, she's hiding her fox feet. And, um, oh my God. anyway, and Whoa. then the, like, they're the, trying to pin foot binding on her. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the, yeah, the lore shifts over time to, um, incorporate like shape shifting, which, um, involves mm. gender bending. And in some mm. communities, that was like more accepted and worshipped and in other parts of East Asia or like when the empire comes in that becomes a way to like suppress things that are um, seen as I don't know too yin by the empire I'm not an expert um, on any of this this is just sort of like a long tangent (laughs) about yeah this possible spirit that was unleashed um but the other thing that is unrelated, but in my mind it became related because of the time that I read this or the time that someone sent this to me was uh, on the East Coast uh, this spring. There's these like traveling airborne spiders that are supposed to like rain down on the East Coast. Um, last year they had the cicadas. And this year they get spiders. And I think they're called Joro spiders. Yeah. I think one of the craziest things is how much bug matter there is in the like upper atmosphere. It's like full <laughs> No, it's full oh, God, of migrating really? bugs. Yes. <gasps> like Whoa. tons of them. I mean literal tons of like megatons of bugs. Like they constantly are just like catching a breeze 
and just flying hundreds of miles. Like all, all different kinds of bugs do this. It's really wow. wild. Like stuff that you would never expect. Little spiders, little like ladybugs, they'll just like catch a breeze and they go up to like 10,000 feet or whatever and they just <laughs> cruise like on the jet stream it's That's full of bugs just like a swarm of ladybugs just getting tossed in the air really really high up this is really funny to totally me. totally yeah, that's always one, that's always that's <laughs> yeah. always one thing that i find like i always gets me in cartoons or whatever when like small yeah. things have really serious voices you know what i mean where they're like all right ladybugs <laughs> let's go and they're like, they're like time to leave like oh you know, they like fly into the sky or whatever. Like I just always think that's really funny when it, for, for myself. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, the, the sky, the jet stream is full. It's like a bug oh. highway. It's like a whole oh. network of bugs wow. migrating that we just have no wow. perception. There's like so many things on this earth that we have like no perception of at all. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I just looked up the spider because I. I just feel really unsure about everything I just said. <laughs> and I, I'm like, I should really fact You're check You're like, and this. this is how misinformation spreads, y'all. That's what exactly. I wanted to talk about. This is how yeah. I get radicalized. This is how I get news. I just Google news. Um, yeah, so I was like, oh, but this is why this is related to the, the killing stone, which I also just looked up. The, the fox spirit rock um the joro spider is named for um a legendary creature in japanese folklore as well um the jorogumo which is a spider who can change her appearance into that of a beautiful woman she seeks men to seduce whom she then binds in her silk and devours and that is from wikipedia (laughs) what what is that I mean, okay, I think that's kind of sick. But yeah. like, what is up with all these, like, women who are, like, quote-unquote evil or whatever? Like, why aren't we... Yeah, that's what I'm let's saying. Get some, I... like, let's get some, like, demonic male spiritual hexy <laughs> yeah. insects. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you can you can kind of glean a lot about the culture based on how they, they talk about these, like, legendary creatures at certain times, right? It's like, yeah. oh, this yeah. is like the stuff they were seeking to stigmatize and to suppress. Um, yeah. And like yeah. the cults, the f- they call them like fox cults in China. They were like, they had to practice in secrecy their, their worship because um, the empire considered it like damaging to the yang <laughs> flow, um, the masculine, <laughs> the masculine <laughs> flow of power. Um, Damaging which is gang flow. <laughs> Dang, that's intense. Yeah, like, just just thinking. Yeah, about like wa- watch your yang, watch your yang flow if I'm around. Yeah, like. no, that's a little too yin yin for today. That's a little too much yin. Like it's just wow. so funny because like I think about like when I was a kid in elementary school and I just drew the yin yang sign over and over again because I thought it looked really cool, you know, without really understanding like what is yin and yang. Yeah, like, you know. The history of all that yeah yeah <laughs> and you would think it was like a balance but it seems like biased toward yang yeah <laughs> totally it's like totally. oh there's always too much yin there's never enough mm. yang you know yeah, yeah. I, mean, I disagree i feel like th- I feel, I mean, I can't, I don't think we can really get into this, but I feel like these stories, <laughs> no, I really, I mean, I don't know. It's no, it's, 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 I'm serious. Like 
it's like the stories of these like disruptive feminine forces. Do you know what I mean? Like it's sort of this idea of these like shape shifting and and um, and disruptive like feminine forces just so mirrors how fucked up our culture is right now. Like I think that they're mm. these stories are coming back in another way and I think they reinforce also stories in the media around like trans rights that are happening right now and oh, yes, abortion rights definitely. that are happening right now yeah, yeah, and even around yeah. like baby formula all that shit like oh my god know. did you see that article about how the government's just blaming like, it on migrant families like why <laughs> I just feel like there's like you know these like myths even though they're coming up in these sort of like I don't know, like off to the side, like news stories. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think uh-huh. our, it's not accidental. I think that they have these mm. roots, I guess, you know, like, mm-hmm. and it just mm-hmm. seems like, you know, I was, I mean, oh my God, and the fucking Johnny Depp and Amber Heard bullshit oh that's happening God, right yes. now. That it's is insane. So it's so insane. dark and so yeah. sad and so fucked yeah. up. And like seeing this weird like necessity to sort of like portray her as this spider, do you know what I mean? Or portray Uh her as this like trickster, you know, like there's something to that. Like there's, I mean, it's like the sort of difference between like when the like Me Too movement started when she first came out. I don't know. And I don't know the story Mm -hmm. at all. Like, I mean, I just, I've seen the recent stuff, but like you know, the difference in tone, the difference in narrative, the difference in, like, what is, you know, like, what's happening right now, it's, I just don't, I don't know, it just seems like there are all these, like, connections in that, in those stories, those, like, dark, kind of, like, cultural, like, I feel like she is almost, like, um, the, the, the same character, do you know what I mean, like, and I think it's, like, we're seeing that same character sort of, like, be, reified and created and on TikTok mm-hmm. in real time like people are using sounds <laughs> of her testimony to create like funny videos it's online so weird to just discredit and shame her and like totally chaotically you know like and it's yeah. very yeah. very dark uh yeah. and yeah. yeah I don't know anyways sorry so <laughs> yeah like, I've only seen like the edges of that as it's reached me through social media but some of it was really baffling to me because I like Mm -hmm. I didn't have the context for it and Mm. I was like what why is this yeah so I like I read a little bit about it also on Wikipedia and I was like wow this is really dark it's not it's it's really sad it doesn't there's no winner in the no yeah it's no yeah I don't have just like to say about it but no, but, like, the necessity to turn a dark, sad, like, series of events into sort of, like, a moralistic tale, and then the moral being sort of, like, watch out for this trickster. Do you know what I mean? Like, or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It seems like the the cultural, mythological, like, machinery is, like, is is gathering force to sort of create that narrative you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like in real time or whatever Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense but I feel like in a thousand years it's like a spider with her face or whatever do you know what I mean like it's Mm -hmm. like the the history of that myth making is sort of like happening now yeah definitely I think there is something to what you're saying about you know these stories emerging now and kind of seeding this like propaganda you know around because there's already so much around um, 
you know, the, the continued disasters and continued war and um, disease that kind of like uh, forms that narrative of like good versus evil. has a weird problem and weird is in all caps so it's a it's an acronym for western educated industrialized rich democratic oh shit and uh, <laughs> so yeah um whoa what gist? so first of all first of all oh. i love it because it it sounds really clickbaity mm-hmm I mean, anyways, yeah. but now, I mean, anyway, okay, yeah, so what is, what is, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, so it has to do with this, um, this recent study uh, from the University of Vermont that took 10 years of peer-reviewed studies on nature and well-being and the relationship between nature and well-being, um, so basically mm. 2010 to 2020, and, uh, and found that the people pulled in these studies were mostly um, from this weird category, Western educated, industrialized, rich, democratic. Um, a lot of them were sourced on Twitter. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, the people in the studies were mostly white, over 90 percent of the work they reviewed was done in high-income Western nations, and they consider, quote-unquote, nature to be um, public parks, playgrounds, um, like natural spaces or green spaces within urban areas. So um, obviously there was a lot uh, that was missed in that study about... And so, like, the vast majority of these studies um, kind of make this conclusion that, like, happiness can be correlated with um, whether people spend time in quote-unquote nature um, and that nature has a positive effect on mood Mm. Um, but the issue with the study is like there is kind of a really narrow idea of what nature means and so I guess there's this that meme touch grass right like go out and touch grass (laughs) There were some interesting parts in this, like, um, it was interesting to find that, like, for most of, so there are 174 studies that were reviewed, and um, the way that people describe nature was often vegetation cover, it was forests, it was mostly green, rarely blue or brown or other colors that nature can be um and really referring to like people themselves as part of nature um and a lot of the like ideas of nature are these sort of like planned and protected 
areas, right? Managed land, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. trails. Uh, and sometimes it was even like virtual nature that was considered in these studies. Oh, um, oh God. Yeah, so like, <laughs> like Breath of the Wild or something? Like yeah, wandering yeah, around in wild. Zelda or something? Like yeah. RuneScape? Yeah. Or, um, <laughs> Animal Crossing? <laughs> yeah, Pokemon. It makes me think about like, yeah, just sort of like <clears throat> the idea, yeah, sort of like we create the idea of nature in order to like bolster up the idea of cult like they both kind of play against each other or whatever it's like you sort of create like nature within the context of culture or something like that but it's like Mm -hmm. it means like elsewhere and it also means kind of like um there's not yeah there's not sort of like a a mesh or like a hybridization there's like the spaces in the sort of like i don't know like estuarial zone are really not like common in the thinking it's very separate it's like nature's a circle culture's a circle the city's a circle the two circles don't separate or they're like they have very strong boundaries or whatever like um but yeah the idea of like i don't know i think about this with a lot of like national parks and things like this like this whole area that's like set aside just for like recreation or just to like be looked upon you know what i mean like and how it's not used or not quote unquote used or it's like the idea of like farming it or like doing something there would be totally chaotic you know like to our sense of like what it is yeah they're like very curated spaces um and it overlooks the fact that a lot of marginalized people feel unsafe in uh public parks um and also the the sort of specificity of certain landmarks that's um, mm. important to certain cultures. It's not just like, here's a interchangeable piece of grass that is like the relationship to nature, right? It's like specific landmarks that um, people were removed from or specific kinds of environments right. that were, were removed from. And the, so the, the research is like trying to like universalize something, like to just be like, like if you just touch a piece of grass, you will feel better. That's the idea, right? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like if you have like a plant in your house, like that you will feel better or something like that, as opposed to like appreciating context or history or like sort of like a sense that or like it's reciprocity not, yeah, right, between, right. between, you know, that piece of land and you. And I grew up in the deep south and I didn't really like, I felt like the, the nature civilization binary is very distinct in places where um, there's a history of like a, a kind of like divide, other, other divides. Um, and in particular mm. in the South, like, there, there were all sorts of hazards, like, in the grass, you know? There were, like, fire ants <laughs> and wasps and snakes and, and things that just made um, spending time in nature, um, quote-unquote nature, always feel very anxiety-inducing to me. And mm. it wasn't until living in California for as long as I have that I've sort of like come around to that. I still have a little bit of that sense of like what's lurking in the grass. And yeah, and and most of the time I spend in quote unquote nature is in these sort of like controlled environments, trails that are like designated for 
nature bathing, right? It's not. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because, yeah, I think the ideas of like preservation and of like park creation and these things, like far from like, I don't know how to say, like saving, I guess the idea of like saving things, you know, like it kind of, Mm -hmm. again, like it others things, you know, it like separates more than the idea of, yeah, I think you said like reciprocity, like that's the idea of like, living in conjunction with something, you know, like, and Mm -hmm. I think it makes it more like, I don't know, it like, it upholds accidentally, or not accidentally, like, it one and the same, like, upholds the sort of values of like, living these like fucked up city existences or like these these really exploitative existences where it's like okay some areas are going to be really exploited and destroyed and the people and the things around them will be totally fucked up and as long as yosemite stays beautiful and pristine (laughs) to walk around it do you know what i mean like or whatever for Mm -hmm. people to just like look upon you know like um and for people who can afford to drive there and who can afford to go there who feel excited about camping and whatever do you know what i mean like for a certain subset Mm -hmm. of people who choose to like make those journeys or whatever like uh but you know the idea that it will be like preserved in some way i think is really uh, crazy right yeah and these studies have so much effect on um what kinds of spaces are planned how, how policy affects yeah. like land and what's done with the land and who it benefits, right? Wow, I totally didn't even think about that part. <laughs> 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 Dang, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm just taking a very... <sighs> I, th- I think I'm just like absorbing all of this. I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like the, realizing kind of the structure that has been sort of like thrust upon all of us, you know, and... And, you know, we're expected to kind of just take it as the norm. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, I think there's so much in design or in around like things that people do, particularly around like creating products or things like this, where it's like, just do the research and the research mm-hmm. will lead you to a better product. Like, you know, get a diverse group of people, do the research or whatever, um, and, you know, cite the studies. It's like science or whatever. But I think this is also another article mm-hmm. that shows like how much just that whole framework can even tot- can really mislead you. Do you know what I mean? Like from, or mm-hmm. mislead, or not mislead, but like creates a bounded set of results. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and it's sort of like, yeah. oh, well, they did the study. You know what I mean? Like, and the study showed them this, you know, like, and I think even just like, I don't know, like understanding like, the assumptions that are going into just even the questions that they're asking and stuff like this, where it's sort of like one of these, um, yeah, I don't know, like these things where, you know, like trying to understand different forms of knowledge or different senses of like, I think there's another thing that I've been coming a lot to lately of just like the idea that, you know, I think that there's a lot in like this sort of mindset, even in like design where it's sort of like, almost like people kind of know what they want, but like you kind of have to coax it out of them and like you kind of have to like reframe it and like give it back to them in a certain way. And I think it's like, I'm kind of been more on the side of just like, people know exactly what they want and they know exactly how they want it. And they should, you know, like uh, the, the role is just to be able to like open the door or whatever, like allow people to just have or do trust them with what they need and what they want. It just makes me think a lot actually about like, 
I'm not trying to throw anybody on the bus, but like IDEO, design research, human-centered design, what is really human-centered design, you know, in the eyes of IDEO, you know? Mm. Um, you know, are they looking for information on Twitter? Probably not, but, but I, I wonder if, you know, like, like how, how wide and far do they go, you know, in terms of like when they go to like do interviews and stuff with, you know, use like people who might fit the scenario or whatever you know their personas that they come up with or whatever you know when I was younger as a designer just really looking up to that way of going about doing design you know thinking Mm -hmm. like yeah this is really putting people first but you know then you get older and you're like hmm Mm, yeah (laughs) hmm yeah like I always get really uncomfortable around that phrase uh like when people are like oh it's anthropologically interesting because, like, by saying that, you're kind of putting yourself on the outside of, like, the category yeah. that you're, like, looking in on, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing with science is, like, it's a process. Like, I get annoyed at that, like, science is real kind mm. of declaration because it's a process. And, and people use that in all sorts of ways to, um, to you know, quote, unquote, prove what um, they want to prove by like choosing the sample size that'll kind of skew their results in that direction, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's like proven wrong all the time. That's like part of this, the scientific process is not just the process itself, but like the whole historical, like, you know, evolution of a, of a thing, right? Like it's replaced once it's been debunked or whatever. There's this sort of like, um, yeah lineage of it um but it's yeah it's not enough to just be like oh this one study so science and therefore it's true forever (laughs) right 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 forever (laughs) because science is real (laughs) in this house in this podcast we believe science is real (laughs) oh my god This article's from Vox. It's called, oh, I'll put it in the chat as well. It's called The YouTubers Are Not Okay. Um, prominent YouTubers keep quitting the platform and then coming back. Call it the results of YouTube brain. So what I found really interesting from this Wait. article is this <laughs> what is, categorization What is YouTube of, brain? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this This categorization of brain modes. So it starts with... Another less, de- or sorry, Hal enumerated these reasons and more, all of which are good reasons to quit a job you hate um, regarding, like, talking about YouTubers and how it's supposed to be this dream job, but it's, like, really, it's kind of, like, there are negative consequences to it. Um, another less discussed one, however, is something I've come to call YouTube brain. Compare it to Twitter brain, in which spending too much time on Twitter results in someone becoming argumentative and perpetually outraged. Or Instagram brain, in parentheses, image obsessed and overly materialistic or tiktok brain in parentheses unquestioningly devoted to the latest slang or trend before moving on to the next one 
YouTube brain from the perspective of the YouTuber as opposed to the viewer is what happens when you are both creatively and financially subject to the whims of other people's attention spans for years at a time, weighed down by never-ending demand for more content for dwindling returns. Um, and I was like, oh, oh. You know, it's, it, for me, it's, it's interesting to read an article that is kind of like, this is the insides of an influencer. Mm. You know, like a YouTube-specific influencer. Like, ooh, I've never really actually, like, kind of, like, considered, you know, what what the psychological kind of, like, uh, internal sort of monologue becomes. Um, so then the next paragraph is, uh, starts, Chronic YouTube brain can land you in some bizarre circumstances. Take Michelle Fan, the longtime beauty YouTuber who last week claimed that she had healed a man who had been in a wheelchair for years through the power of in uh, bunny ear quotes, divine love. This supposedly took place at a retreat in San Diego hosted by influencer Joe Dispenza, who's best known for falsely presenting himself as a medical doctor while peddling vague healing workshops. Um, so yeah, blah, 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 blah. And then, uh, okay, the last sentence is, um, she's famously done things like use, in parentheses, clean cat litter as a facial mask. Which I would argue is the perfect manifestation of YouTube brain. Unconventional thinking amped up by shock value. Um, yeah, and then there's like this like embedded post of, of a video that she did and she's holding up a Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> so, so, um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I found this article very interesting. <laughs> very compelling just just to to think about how how people who might have genuine intentions and ambitions right like they're genuinely interested in makeup they're generally in, uh, genuinely interested in um i don't know uh earbuds um and then they just spiral because of the demand right or like what the external kind of pressure is in order to like okay, I'm going to do this full time. And then like, oh, I need to like satisfy this audience. I need to like keep leveling up, leveling up, leveling up. And then the next thing you know, you're like, you know, you're an ambassador for like Bitcoin and <laughs> and you're a divine healer. I don't know. Um, Ooh, yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that combo. All those, all those things. Yeah, like a divine healing Bitcoin sort of like, that's a real power, like powerful position to be in. Like even, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, like in a weird kind of like sideways other alternate universe way or whatever. Like it's like a weird yeah. kind of power place. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is depressing. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I just feel like... <laughs> I mean, I feel like my, my always... Or not always, but my always take on this is like... This is ending. Like, I feel like it's like I, this idea yeah. of like... Because we have TikTok, because there's so much of this... It's so much easier to get so much more traction. It's so much faster to make videos. Like, the production value you have to make on YouTube. The amount of work that you have to put into it. Like, yeah. and, and what you get back for it. It's like, we took the yeah. labor of like producing a show. You know, like originally... I mean, that's a crazy thing. I mean, it was just like the yeah. way that like when YouTube first existed, it was like... I used to Google like jumping and it would just be people jumping like or whatever like yeah. you just google weird stuff you know like you would just look up like you know whatever it was it was just home videos and stuff you know and so it was just like this idea yeah. of this like structure of life it existed now it's like very much aesthetic it's very much just like 
madcap MTV shows like on, <laughs> you know, like like that just snorted Adderall or something. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or whatever, you know, like, and it's like the most, you know, yeah. I mean, I think you're showing it in here, like the most ill-conceived shit, like that's for 12 year olds. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, it's like this 12 year old, 13 year old aesthetic, you know, done by basically mostly young adults, you know, like, and I don't know. And I think it's just like, but now it's like the pressure has like ramped up and up to make like better stuff, higher quality, better production value. Like it takes a shit ton of time to do all that stuff still. You know what I mean? Like even if you're really good at it, you know, like it's hours of your day and it's like, oh, right. And a lot of people now they're like hiring crews and they have all these people that they're working with, you know, and it's like, but that's the you know I don't know it's like I think it's gonna fall into an abyss basically like and I think that like people are gonna go to TikTok people who want to be like on TV are gonna go be on TV like and I think YouTube's gonna like just become I don't know like a playlist engine or something like I don't know exactly I really like hope what. so I don't yeah. know that's my prediction anyways yeah I, yeah I mean <laughs> like and I feel like TikTok definitely has become the eminent. Uh, platform for people who are uh, you know seeking attention in this way that that youtubers historically have been have been seeking for sure but i would argue that like you know obviously there are going to be like psychological effects in the way that um these youtubers are, are being psychologically impacted and you know on one hand and we can always say like well they signed up for it you know they shouldn't they should know what they're getting into and it's like yes but in some some part of me does sympathize does sympathize like with you know the kind of like the negative kind of fallout to some degree like um there's another paragraph further down right because at the beginning of the article they they start the article by talking about this youtuber whose name is dan howell and uh there's this other paragraph where he's quoted as saying um it is brilliant and terrifying how much information youtube gives you about your content and your audience if you're making a video from your heart or from the heart truly expressing yourself you're greeted with a wall of red lines saying sorry nobody likes this sweetie like it's just like Mm. oh because nobody cares about like it it reminds me of a conversation i was having with a really close friend recently about how we've been really just and i say this i feel like every episode at this point but we've just been really like drained by instagram and and feeling like it is it it is uh, you know obviously it's this this like very kind of twisted um, uh, portrayal of like who you are per- from a personal kind of standpoint right and so then we've been talking about how like well nobody gives a shit about like anything personally related to us like maybe we just need to like essentially like dissociate and just put like you know if we're going to promote anything about ourselves just put it up on Instagram which like I think for me is probably like a healthy kind of path forward so like I don't feel like I'm putting my character or my persona on blast and and that kind of like being tied to you know my output or whatever but at the same time then it sort of leaves us with this void of like where do we personally communicate who we are as people you know um i don't know anyway that's that's what i have been thinking about yeah that's really interesting that um you know these platforms train us to to think that like um everything we do or say or show is like 
being examined by other people on the same level that we're examining it in ourselves. Yeah. Um, And that it's like feedback rather than just like the bored person scrolling uh, on their phone just scrolling by like, because it's just that's yeah. how that you know like that's, that's how it happens that's like that's genuine that's yeah. generally probably the, the 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 thought process of that person mm. on the other side the viewer right the audience is like they're not really putting that much emotional integrity into like however they're choosing to respond to the content but like the mm-hmm. person putting out the content whether you're a youtube influencer a tiktoker or like just a plain jane regular normie <laughs> on the IG, you know, like you have, have inherently like more um, emotional investment in whatever it is you're putting out. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Just been, I've just been thinking about that a lot. I've just been thinking like we're too connected in the wrong ways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I wonder how it will change. Like, you know, I saw a thing that I almost brought as an article for this time, but I didn't, but it was like, um, so I'm gonna squeeze it in here. It's like, like how I like get another article, um, but it was. Um, I guess recently there's been a big shift in like how cough drops have been marketed. I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's big. It's no. a big change because it used to be like, like, what's up, girl boss? Time to get to work, even though you're sick. You gotta keep working. Like it was like what? take a cough drop so you can work while you're sick. Like that was the whole way that it was Wait. like. Those ads. Wait, I missed that, that era. That was how they all were in the old days. No, it yeah, was like it was like, um, and I guess they. Still I remember have the guy them, like, in the mountain. But it was yeah. like they well now well so but they like all the cop drops have these like time to go slay like you know sayings on them and stuff. What? Well, I definitely missed this also. Yeah, it's I, a thing. I don't, I don't, I don't think know. I've they, seen this throughout the whole history. I guess I, according to this article, it was like you know it was like. Um, you know, in the eighties, it would be like, it would be like, even if you have a cough, like you still have a lot to do. You're a achiever. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then eventually it became like this weird thing. They talked about the history of it too, where like Hall's cough drops kind of replaced it with this weird, like kind of like 3d void space where you would like leave the world and go into like 3d space, you know, like the, one of those weird, like matrixy zones <laughs> where you'd like take the cough drop and you'd be like in in like cough suppressant like <laughs> space you know like and you could like do anything when you're in there you know what I mean like right um, and so it was like marketing to like this idea of this accelerated like you know what I mean like um, get as much done as you possibly can but of course COVID which I currently mm. am suffering from right, uh, right. change that completely because that you couldn't yeah. like that would be terrible to be like yeah. be like You'd yo be get a cough drop and go secretly go to work <laughs> you know like <laughs> Start a super spreader yeah, event. Exactly. With balls. You're like you're a super spreader, buddy. Like so, but they, so they had to change it. And so the more recent ads are all featuring people alone, and they're all featuring like self actualization things. And so it's like it's like um, go ahead and go on that walk. Go ahead and self care. Do yoga or whatever oh in God. a self actualizing way. And it's all wow. about sort of like self improvement or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like. Um, and sort of like because it can't be about going to you know and also it's like people have lost that taste for the hustle right like it's not 
the hustle yeah. is gone, it's not right? Cool to hustle anymore. It's not cool to hustle yeah. anymore. People don't want to hustle. They want to do as little as possible. They want to get the fuck yeah. out, right? Yeah, me um, too. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like the rise of YouTube was a rise also in the hustle, right? Like there was the hustle oh, and the rise yeah. of like YouTube as a job. You know, it was yeah. like all you have to do <laughs> is hustle the fuck out and you have access to millions and millions of people and you just got to grind, grind, grind. You got to take those cough drops and you got to like fucking grind out another video video you know like and i think that people don't this is what's happening like we see these articles here like youtube brain or whatever where like the narrative is shifting do you know what i mean like and i think that people you know i don't know and i don't know like i just think that people are starting to feel like we've been like sort of like sold a bill of goods like we've been sold something that is worth nothing you know it's like oh i don't want to grind i don't want this job this has no job security it has shitty wages i'm completely dependent on a company that doesn't give a fuck about me there's no potential to like unionize or to like become organized with others you know it's like the most crazy competitive you know sort of whimsical idea of how money might be made you know like and i just think that like the taste for it is leaving and you know like i think uh we're gonna see a shift almost like the same way that like instagram is like i think shifting into like just a shopping app like i think that like youtube will shift i think into just a totally different business model over the next few years that's not going to be relying on people creating stuff and maybe they don't maybe that isn't their big Mm -hmm. where they make a lot of money but like you know i think the idea of like people creating free content for this thing like i don't know not free or like you know low cost content or whatever like i think is going to shift i don't know And, and i think it's related to all these things in the culture that sort of like are shifting in yeah. this direction, you know, like, uh, yeah. so I think it's yeah. all over the place, but yeah, YouTube yeah. brain is definitely like a new, I don't know, like a, a new indicator. It's like an indicator, yeah. uh, species or something, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had two thoughts when you, when you were speaking, Justin, um, thought number one, there should have been a Matrix Revolutions halls collab like that. <laughs> been amazing, right? Amazing. Blue, the, like, the blue lack of ticket drop, sales the blue that drop or the red was, drop. Yeah, yeah. That movie yeah. was not impressive for no, me personally. No. Did not find it impressive. No, it was um, terrible. And then two, um, two. Um, uh, uh, there should be a, a slow tube. So like slow YouTube, slow tube halls campaign which just like an out like hour-long guided meditations you know like, <laughs> somebody takes a cough drop and they're like walking around the lake walking past the canadian geese and all the poop and all this like just yeah i don't know that, that, those are the two things i, I mean that's <laughs> the, the only the, the thing that's greater i mean that i think we should cut from the episode because i feel like it's a good idea <laughs> like I feel like you know like it's like that's one of those things where it's like we're giving stuff. that away we're beeping that whole yeah, yeah, suggestion no, 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 no. I feel like free, yeah yeah, yeah keep that, that yeah, in the art part <laughs> yeah basically yeah yeah that's premium that's premium content we're not gonna like let yeah, that's all a, that's get a, a hold of that spawn con shit that, yeah, yeah please, I'm no, gonna keep that you. shit for myself
Alright, we have anything else to say about YouTube Braid? <laughs> <laughs> Do we all have YouTube Braid? I never watch YouTube. I don't, it's not. Yeah. I never look I, at I it. I watch it very little, I, so. Yeah. I don't know. It's definitely like a thing I've noticed that, and yes, I'm gonna put this demographic on blast. Straight males are uh, really into the oh. YouTube. Mm-hmm. A lot of like people who have dated are just like very into it and i'm like wait you go here to watch stuff is it is it like the is it like the record digging culture is it like finding obscure stuff like what is the what do you feel like is the psychological i think think it's is it gaming like all the political radical sort of adjacent shit it's like it's watching tucker carlson for (gasps) kicks it's like that yes it's like i'm like really like this is this Eek. is the thing, you know. It's either that mm. or it'll be like um, primitive technology, you know that one channel <laughs> that dude who like mm. makes stuff out of like mud and leaves. That's actually kind of cool. But that's kind of cool. The other stuff, I'm like, why are you watching Jordan Peterson because you want to? Like, mm. what? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no. It's Yikes. like no, but I want to know like what the other side is thinking. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, uh, mm. Mm. you only need to know a little bit of that. Oh my god. <laughs> you don't need to. You know what I'm saying? I just read I just read a, a pretty good book by Hari Kunzru who wrote a book called White Tears. His new book's called Red Pill, and it's a lot oh, about it's a lot that. about it's kind of about that guy actually that you're talking about. He like becomes so <laughs> obsessed. That guy. He becomes like so obsessed yeah. with this like right wing kind of like you know Richard Spencer kind of figure, and it kind of drives yeah. him insane. Uh, yeah, it kind of yeah. has a crisis for him because he's like my like soft liberal lefty values like i can't he couldn't quite like meet the challenge or whatever and it like literally drives him insane uh it was pretty good it was a quick read i enjoyed it anyways i'm looking it up yeah i can let you borrow it i have i have it here i'll I'll disinfect it and pass it off oh it's all good we can also wait (laughs) yeah we'll wait yeah we'll wait we'll give it we'll give it some time but you know i'll pass it off to you i i I read it just the other day um, all right, last piece. I have one piece to share with you all. Um, and I don't even know, like I, like I said earlier, I don't even really, I have a few things I want to say about this. Oh wait, I don't need to, I'm not trying to share my screen. I'm trying to share an article. Okay, here you go. Put it in the chat. Um, Ooh, Johnny so, I. Well, hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, you're blowing up the spot. You're blowing up the spot. Um, So I don't know if you guys heard um, the other day, but um, Airbnb just launched like a big, I don't know what they're called. They're calling it like a summer release. Did you guys hear about this? No. No, you didn't hear about it? Summer release. Uh, Right. So they like updated a bunch. they, They updated a bunch of features on their app. Uh, and they are calling it like the summer Mm -hmm. release, you know, like, and so they're like, check it out. Airbnb is making this big changes or whatever. Um, and so basically there was like this video that Brian Chesky related. There's nothing like really saucy about this conversation, I guess. Like I, I, I'm bringing a lot of sauce to it, but maybe it's like, I think I'm kind of like, I think I'm like rear wind. I'm like rear windowing this whole thing where it's like me, I'm like home and sick and I'm just like, what's Brian Chesky up to? Like, I feel like I'm like, I like, I've got the binoculars or something. I've been like looking at this article. I think I'm like, so I'm bringing a lot of sauce to this basically, but it's a totally inane, innocuous piece of news. It's basically Airbnb's updated their site. Um, and now they, 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 they may 
or may not have worked with Johnny Ive. So that's one thing that's really interesting uh, because that's maybe one of the interesting things about it. I don't have too much knowledge about it, but basically they asked, he, he, they hired him. He's been working with them for a while. One of their spokespeople said that he had worked on this and then he denied it. And then they said like, he, he may be, had worked on it or whatever. And so they're like, I don't know. This falls a little bit in the category of like, famous white design dudes like what are they up to or whatever <laughs> like, <laughs> like like i don't know why he had to like deny it but like whatever he like denied it um so that's, that's so funny to me that's the dumb that's the dumb drama of it i guess there's some little, no i did it yeah no like uh-uh. mm. why well, wouldn't go near that with a 10 foot 40 foot 50 foot pole exactly so yeah or yeah or a uh, hundred pixel uh span or something anyways um so, um <coughs> I need those cough drops. Um, so, um, but anyways, the point that I wanted to bring up a couple of things. One is the big revolution. So they're sort of posing it as this big revolutionary thing, which I think is very silly because the big revolutionary thing that they've added is something called categories. And so categories. categories. What, what? And they're okay. like, oh, it's the biggest change in Airbnb history. Now you can search by category. And so they're like, basically, Wait. you can search for things that are like camping, surfing, the desert, cold, whatever. Like you can search oh. rather than searching by like location, you can like search by type of property, right? Or type okay. of place you might stay. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. And that's like the big thing. They're like, this is the big, this is the biggest thing that's ever happened in travel or whatever, which I think is very funny. Um, but the thing that I found really funny, and since you guys haven't <laughs> seen it, maybe we may need to watch it. Um, maybe I can share oh, my screen video? and we can watch the video. Um, mm-hmm. Let's watch, let's just watch the video together and so we'll know what we're talking okay. about. So there's this video that comes along with it, and it's Brian Chesky, uh, founder of Airbnb, and his dog. And he's like, just like millions of people, I was able to just travel as much as I wanted, and I decided to just live wherever I wanted for a while. So like, that's sort of the narrative of the story. And so it's like him, the whole video is like him in like a couple different houses with his dog, um, kind of like, you know, traveling around and stuff, just like, you know, just like regular people or whatever. Um, <laughs> and I think one of the things that I found really interesting about the framing of this is like, you know how like presidents have dogs and like part of the reason that like presidents <laughs> have dogs is to like obscure like how horribly evil they are. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like the more evil you are, the more you want to present yourself as really like milk toast. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's sort of just like, like, hey, I'm just a normal guy with a normal dog. Just like, yeah. we're just just traveling around, staying at places. Never mind these chinos were two thousand dollars from Prada. <laughs> right. And so I don't know. I think my one sort of thing that I thought was really funny about this is like, uh, kind of the framing of like tech founders as just like sort of regular guys or some they do it in different ways but i think this interesting play by like brian chesky to sort of frame himself as just like a normal guy travel around with his normal dog like it ends with like a slideshow of like him and his dog like in different houses like hanging out or whatever um but i think one thing that i really so i thought that was funny but one thing that i noticed about this that i thought was really interesting is like 
I think Airbnb has gone through a shift from like, I think originally the idea was like couch surfing, but like make it capitalism or something. Like it was like Mm -hmm. just a, it was like couch surfing, but like a little bit, you know, like less social engagement or something like that. Um, And now I think it's just completely moved into like a luxury brand. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was just, Mm -hmm. I was just wondering like what you guys thought about that. Yeah, uh, and I like, mean, I, I 100% agree. I mean, that so many times, I mean, again, you know, when we were like talking before we started recording and I was talking about looking for just like a place to just do a staycation that was super affordable, wasn't too crazy. And like, I was looking on Airbnb and just being like, oh, this is actually just too expensive for me right now. You know, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, it's just so expensive now. I mean, yeah, totally. I mean, if you look at their landing page right now, it has a bunch of their, like, it shows off their new, like, redesign or whatever, not redesign, their new features or whatever. All the properties, the cheapest property on their landing page is $162 a night. Um, Yeah. And it's just, like, they're touting this idea of, like, monthly stays, multiple month stays places Mm -hmm. and things Mm -hmm. like that at these, like, $1,000 a night locations And it's, like, this interesting thing, like, I think, I mean, maybe the reason I brought this up is I think that there's an interesting switch, and maybe this relates to YouTube brain a little bit, it relates to some other things, but I think that there's, like, a shift towards, you know, like, um, like, fancy donuts or something, like, you remember that trend, like, where it was, like, if people want, like, something fancy, they want it really fancy, do you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to have, like, some mid-level fanciness or whatever. Like, I think Airbnb has moved on to this, like, aspirational, high-level fancy shit, and they're just, like... But Mm. it's not even aspirational. It's, like, it's excessive. I mean, you know, talk about, like, uh, Instagram changing the way in which we look at what we value, right? Like, underneath all the names of these Airbnbs that are featured on the website, on the homepage, it's, like, featured in Vogue, featured in Condé Nast Traveler, Featured in Dwell, it's just like, oh, you want to go here because it's po- it's famous, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like it has some sort of, like, socially decreed integrity mm-hmm. to being in that place, you know? Don't Never mind the $2,000 a night ticket price, like, <laughs> you know? It's just, it seems, this, this is, it, it kind of reminds me of the vibes that Met Gala has been giving me in recent years, which is, like, not necessary. Yeah. You know, oh, we don't need this right now. You know what I mean? Like, people are dying from this thing that's like taken over the world there's war happening you know mm-hmm. there's wars excuse me happening yeah. you know i don't i don't need to look at this excess like to escape from what's going on in the world like i want to escape i just don't need to be it on this level like it but i think there's also the opposite shallow. i think there's also the opposite side of that coin where i think a lot of people are like there's all this stuff going on i don't want to think about it at all do you know what i mean like that's i want to be that's completely isolated and to just yeah like yeah have access to all these like fancy hotels all over the world or whatever you know like these sort of i mean because these aren't houses like they're just yeah. fancy hotels you know like micro these are like it's sets like a, for for like fashion shoots or for yeah yeah this, there's a, a property in joshua tree that's sixteen thousand a night it's like jeez yeah well i don't <laughs> I, I don't I don't shit money, okay? Like, I'm, it's not going to be possible for me to to uh, partake. <laughs> so it does feel like a very 
I don't know. I'm actually curious, actually, if like their design research pushed them into this kind of, um, you know, moving up a few class tiers or five. <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, and maybe this is the face of it too, because I mean, I've used this. You know, I've used Airbnb a bunch, and yeah. I've noticed lately that it has gotten so much more expensive that it's like it doesn't even. It used yeah. to be like sort of a cheap option sometimes, where you could find like yeah, an inexpensive, yeah. like like staying on a couch or something. You know, it used to be like, oh, I'm gonna stay yeah. on someone's couch in Brooklyn for like fifteen bucks yeah. a night. You know, like and it was like yeah. great. This is a great way to travel. I used to think so in the early days. It was like pretty nice, uh, yeah. and or in some ways I, I enjoyed it. But um, you know, I think that there are still you know like I think the the company is like marketing itself in this way i think some of those properties still do exist we're just we're seeing sort of like how they're framing themselves or whatever and i think that like the i mean it's like kind of simple but i think you know obviously the idea here is to sort of like spark people to imagine they might go to this place but in reality they're gonna book 15 (laughs) dollars stay on someone's couch do you know what i mean like these yeah, these yeah. properties aren't necessarily meant to be booked. You know what I mean? If that makes sense, like yeah, I think yeah, they're just meant yeah, to. It's make like vanity you, for vanity's sake, right? You know? And you go, oh wow, yeah. I could stay at this two thousand dollar a night place. Like, wouldn't that be fun? You send it to your partner, and then you go, like, well, how about we'll just go to the you know hundred dollar <laughs> place or whatever. You know, like, yeah, and we'll be near yeah. that zone. You know, like I don't know. Yeah. So I can see it being very like. Um, you know, doy. It's like a little bit of like, of course, like this advertising strategy. But I think there's a deeper thing here of like moving away from a sense of like democratic connectivity yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, I think that there's something mm-hmm. about like uh, this type of like luxury. I don't know that 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 like I think early tech branding really relied on a sense of like community, uh, even if it wasn't real. Oh, it yeah, it yeah. relied on it as an idea yeah. of like yeah. empowering individuals or something like that. And now yeah. Yeah. I don't think that that is really there. Oh, much. not no. at all. Like remember at one point it was you know it was all about like the host relationship in some ways. You know that it's like oh it is all about the fact that like. You're not, you're not going to be staying like at a place that is like faceless in some way, you know, like a hotel would be, or like uh, going to, um, what, what am I thinking of? Club Med, you know, would be like it's a more personal experience because it's like actually somebody's home, and this is like not really that at yeah, all. Yeah, right, you know? right. It used to be like yeah. meet people, like have an experience with yeah. others, like be with a yeah. family, like stay with people, yeah. and that is not what this redesign is about. It's like. No. Do go surfing, be outside. You know, like it's like yeah, it's very much uh, targeted away from the human aspect of things. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of yeah. these properties look really isolated, which is interesting mm-hmm. because it's like I think I remember in the past um, it being more like oh you're going to a city, live somewhere where the locals would live, where you're amongst. Right. Um, the hustle and bustle, and this is more like, I don't know, maybe COVID had a lot to do with that too, of like mm. isolation and, and like the having a place that looks pristine and and like no one's ever stepped foot in it versus mm-hmm. like this is a mm-hmm. lived-in place. Mm, yeah. Totally, totally. I mean, yeah, I think sanitary. it's... Sanitary. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, these are like sanitariums. Lit. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh yes, totally. It's like a place to take the cure. Like it's a place to go and like isolate <laughs> yeah. yourself and take oh, baths. I and, like. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. It's very late night, very late nineteenth century, like <laughs> kind of energy. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, they read those same articles that were. The, those uh, research papers about yeah. how nature affects <laughs> yeah. the brain. Yes. And they probably read like... These people are weird, right? Yeah. Like, all yeah. caps weird. Yes, all caps weird. Oh. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. And thank you so much to Helen Sang for being our first special guest. It was so great to talk to you. We love you. Um, okay. New episodes come out about every two weeks. If you want to get more, you know what to do. Hit that subscribe button. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics you'd like to hear about on the show, email us at 40 dpi at gmail.com. Uh, and don't forget to visit our website at designfreaks.cafe. Oh, yeah, and you can find us on social media, too. We're on Instagram and um, the other one. One of the other ones. Just start Googling. You, you know, that's... Just start Googling. <laughs> See you soon.